Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 115. And it is a doozy. We had a lot going on in this news this week. We had even breaking news this morning to go over. Um, but first, before we even get into it, make sure you like, subscribe, and also leave a five-star review and stay connected to this community. Thank you all for listening. We'll go over all that's in the news. We'll go over other items as well. And we will close out the episode like we always do. So thank you all for listening and hope you enjoyed the show. Market update of the week. Market update. So the big news in the market this past week has literally been a couple things. The high inflation numbers that came out on an annual basis for March, we increased 8.5%. And then on a month-to-month basis, I think it was around, uh, let me grab the numbers for you all, but it was a decent increase. It was a 1.2% month-over-month increase. So when this news came out, the market actually was up. It was was a bullish sign to the market and to investors. We were green. And then as the market and investors started to take in more of the information, we turned red. And this was uh, yesterday, a couple days ago. I think what we're seeing right now is people trying to see where the Fed is going to go. And the Fed is in pretty steadfast on saying we're going to raise rates at the projections that we're saying we're going to raise them, which could be pull back growth stocks, tech stocks a little bit because you're raising rates, you have high inflation, and you're going to see a moderation of growth at some point if they get everything under control. Because inflation has been the biggest thing. But the core inflation number, which excludes food and energy prices, actually rose less than expected. So a lot of people are calling for peak inflation, which I'm not so sure we're at, right? Like we had to see a couple more months of data to see what is going on with that core number. But it was a good sign to see a pullback a little bit. So that's what's going on. We have Elon Musk running around trying to buy Twitter. Um, That news just broke this morning. So Twitter has been volatile because of his movements over the past couple of weeks. But, you know, that's part of the news we'll talk about. Um, And let's keep diving into that right now. So what's in the news? What's been going on? Elon Musk, he says he wants to buy Twitter for $43 billion. Said it could be transformed as a private company. If you remember, Elon first came out and said that he wanted to be, that he had 9.2% stake, right, as an outside shareholder, right? And then he said he was offered a board position. And they said he accepted the CEO of Twitter, said he accepted a board position. But then a few days later, it came out that he denied the board position. And a lot of people were speculating, like, why would he deny the board position? And it came out that if you were on the board, you couldn't own the full amount of the company. But if you weren't on the board, you could. And so a couple of days later, it's it's proven that he made a bid to buy Twitter um, and take it private. And that is, you know what is going on. And Twitter CEO warned about this in his letter saying that Elon Musk rejected the offer, said that there will be distractions ahead. And he must have been tipped off that Elon was trying to buy the company. And the bid is in. He said if he doesn't get the offer, except that it's his best and final offer, if he doesn't get it, he will reconsider his his shareholder position, meaning pretty much he'll sell if he doesn't get to buy the company. So that's what we have going on with Mr. Musk keeping it funky in the air for you all. Uh, more news, Gary Vaynerchuk, another, is he a billionaire? I don't know, I'm sure he is um, another guy that, when people start talking about like how money does it matter, that's when you know they may have a lot of money. They're, Gary's switched his whole thing to be like, oh, 
there's so much flashiness. The money doesn't matter. Focus on this and this. That's when you know someone someone has a lot of money because they're saying money doesn't matter. But Gary is now backing an NFT sports game. Gary Vanderchuk backs Swoops, raises $3.5 million for NFT basketball game. Gary has been one of the bigger first proponents of NFTs. He has his own NFT called Gary V and V and friends or something of that nature. This project was backed by a lot of people, the CEO of DraftKings, the owner of the Boston Celtics and the 76ers. Um, and it's really been a way for people who are actually looking for how do we get utility from these NFTs? Like, do we actually able to do stuff with it? Or are we just holding these things that may lose value? And Gary's been, you know, famous for saying that 99% of NFTs will lose value. And so in this new Swoops game, it's like a kind of a fantasy sports-like game where you can mint NFTs, trade them, hire someone to manage your NFT players. Um, they age. They go through transition pro- processes. It's a really interesting – it's supposed to be a daily fantasy sports skill-based game. Um, and it can be addicting for people. I think these daily fantasy stuff is very addicting. But Gary V backing this project does give it a little bit more confidence um, for people that are wondering what is going on. What is going on? Um, in more news, Mark Zuckerberg, he announced that the company is testing monetization for Horizon World. So that news came out. I talked about it on CNBC Tech Check. They're saying his revenue cut could be, Meta's revenue cut from Horizon and Quest Oculus could be anywhere about 47%, right? And that's a huge, huge chunk for them to be taking for transactions by creators in this Horizon World thing. And they, they confirmed that number, but said it will go down over time. Um, so you have Meta doing that and this horizon world is their little virtual reality spaces create so right, that they have they're, they're building up you know, as you know meta's shifted from just facebook to being meta to be meta friends to being meta mates to being a metaverse company and they're putting it all in there and it's interesting to see how zuckerberg is thinking about the future of interconnectivity how people are going to interact um and he is putting it all on the line currently for this and yeah it'll be great to watch this it'll be great to watch what is going on next next up netflix is rolling out two thumbs up and down button well actually just two thumbs up button um so they went from five stars to thumbs up to thumbs down now they're basically on you know just thumbs two thumbs up so you can get more algorithmic in your selection of stuff that you want to watch, which I don't know if any of you are watching the the Ultimatum. Me and my girlfriend watched it. Great show. Um, good one. That's a good one. And people, again, still on Netflix, um, and, and that, that makes sense. TikTok's ban in Russia isn't really working, they're saying. Um, Russia banned TikTok. TikTok um, and that's something we've seen, you know, over the por- course of the, of the year. Um, and that's something we're going to keep watching. Um, what is going on in the conflict overseas? That's what we have to be praying for all the people that are over there and making sure that everything, um, gets resolved. CNN's new streaming service is reportedly pulling in fewer than 10 K daily viewers. And it's raising concerns that cord cutters won't pay for news. That's interesting. CNN is off to a rough start. The network that infected cable news launched a $6 a month streaming service two weeks ago. It went live days before CNN's parent merged with Discover to form Warner Bros. Warner Bros. Discovery. And it raised questions. The launch might not have been going well. It might be rushed. The numbers don't look good. It's said to have fewer than 10K daily viewers and making its goal 2 million subscribers the first year seemed far-fetched. 
Um, Disney got 10 million subs on its first day. So I don't know. I think people that watch like CNN, they're not like really cord cutters as much as like the younger millennials like that get their news from like all these different sources, newsletters, t- social media. Like staple cable news is still that demographic. I just don't see them cut- cord cutting. They could rebrand and do something else that could um, appeal to the cord cutting crowd. But yeah, they're, they're struggling in that, in that regard. We talked about consumer prices jumping, um, and they've jumped to the highest levels in, in two, four decades, highest levels in four decades. We have earnings calls for all companies coming out right now. Earnings call, earnings season's back. So we're going to see how companies are performing. The banks have started it off, um, and the banks, you know, there was actually a pullback in J.P. Morgan Chase um, as, you know, they were saying, hey, stormy waters ahead. Things don't look that that great. Um and they could get, you know, more dire as things go on in the near term, but pick up in the long term. Um, so that's something to watch. And we talked about this, I believe, last week. But JetBlue outbid Frontier with a $3.6 billion offer to buy Spirit. We talked about it on our show now, Next Never, our YouTube show. Make sure you're subscribed if you are not already. Daily news, crypto, finance show that we are doing. It is fun and it is great. So, yeah, that's our Fast and Furious news update of the week um hope you enjoyed we'll get into personal finance question next hey everyone welcome back and let's get into our round table where you know i was struggling with a concept that i wanted to bring up or if there was a concept for us to talk about this week i think the big thing is everyone feels unsure about when they make a big financial decision, like a big financial financial decision. How do you do it? How do you make it? How do you go about it? Are you making the right one? Everyone second guesses themselves and has questions about if they are making the right decision. And I think it's no easy way to look at it, but I have a couple tips for people that are going to make a big decision um, and they want to sanity check themselves as well as their advice. Um, but here we go. The one thing we always know this, we know your priorities. So you know what you're trying to get out of this. Can you fulfill the things you're looking to fill with the decision you're making or the choice that you make? Weigh the pros and cons. Of course you need to weigh the pros and cons because that's the first thing that I think you'd look at. And I'm a big projector. We talked about before, project, think later in life, what happens? You make choice A or choice B, what happens in your mind and, and, more likely than not, you can make that happen based on which decision you choose. And lastly is make a plan. Once you start to make that decision, you make a plan for it. And this can work in career as well. I've seen people use these tips in career as well as in just making a hard financial decision. You can use it all over the, all over the place. And don't ignore or regret it or don't ignore or avoid making this decision or the pros and the cons or get paralyzed. Some of the downsides you see people just like don't do anything because they're paralyzed and they don't want to. Decision paralysis is what it's called. And you don't want that. And when you're thinking about the pros and cons, look at all different angles. Don't just look at, you know, one angle or one dimension of this decision. Tackle it from different angles and see the outcomes. That's like literally doing, you know, a thesis. 
bounce it off your advisor. That's me more than likely. And then let's talk about how we can do it together. But these are some ways we can look at it. It's important, especially when you're spending, you know, a big chunk of cash. We got to look at these things. All right, folks, that's it for this episode this week. Thank you all, of course, for tuning in and we will see you next week.